The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm. Mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. I participate in McDonald's. It's the first Sunday of the NFL season. I think uh, we're both alive here. I might be a little road weary. You sound a little tired, but uh, I don't know. We're warriors, so we're going to battle through. We're like Kellen Winslow, right? Yeah, amazingly for a day in which I didn't work out at all, I sweat it a lot. That'll happen. I We should have some sort of award for like the biggest sweat of the, the week. Although this week there were probably a lot of candidates. I don't know. I, I was thinking about this on um, Saturday when we were we were kind of discussing which games we were going to pick. And like sometimes you just like a slate and sometimes you don't. And this was just one that, I don't know, it was kind of tricky. The only pick that I really loved, honestly, was the lock of the week that we had, which was uh, New England over Houston. And even that turned out to be... A real sweat because they only covered by half a point. The funniest uh, part about like that is last season we did have we had an zero and five week, and I I can show people the email when I sent uh, Sean Lowry, who's the guy that runs NFLPickWatch.com, the full slate of our picks where we went like one and seven. I put at the bottom of the email, ugh, you know, just being like, I hate the picks, I hate the week, I hate the models, you know, evaluation of it. And like that is that is exactly how this week did feel. And you know our picks on the website I think went one three and one or something like that. Um, Green line actually I think fared pretty well because in addition to the ones we had, we also had Cincinnati uh, plus two and a half. We had uh, Jacksonville minus three. Had Washington plus one and a half. Right. So in the in t- in some we literally gave out all of our losses and kept in all of our wins. So did okay in the super contest, but. Uh, you know, in terms of our PFF picks, not not great. Sands, uh, the New England pick, which, as you said, ended up even itself being a sweat. Well, luckily, we the the places where we are donating, uh, we we did well, right? We went four and one the super contest, and then uh, the lock week hit, which means we will of course be donating uh, not quite fifty bucks, but close to fifty bucks, forty seven dollars or so. Um, to charity on behalf of each of us, which is pretty great. Um, so hopefully you're, you're getting on board with that. Okay, so here's what we're going to do with these uh, Sunday night, Monday morning uh, pods. We're going to quickly talk about the last week. We might do um, a little look ahead to Monday night if the games are worthwhile. <laughs> and then we're going to try and, and spend at least half the time looking ahead at the following week's lines and we'll either do them sort of with the model in hand and, and what it's saying, or we'll kind of have a little fun with it if we're particularly tired, which we are since it's 4am. Um, 
and we'll just sort of scam, skim through them and see like where we think our model will be at. And then mm-hmm. take, you know, you can obviously take a look at, at green line tomorrow and see where we're, where we're at. Again, I'll just remind everyone right now, mybookie.ag is where you want to go to make your investments. PFF green line with a PFF lead subscription is where you can go get the picks. Um, so go check us out. Okay. So let's start. And I think that as much as I want to talk about, um, you know, like the, the Patriots pick, the, the game that obviously we need to talk about is the, the Packers bears game, because that was, that was something else, man. And the, the, the atmosphere there is, I, I've never been there and it was really even more different than I thought it would be. It's literally like, there's nothing there. And then there's the <laughs> Packers, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's weird. It's honestly, it's weird. And I didn't, the thing that I came away with, um, even before the game started was, I, you know how you sort of like, you see Aaron Rodgers on TV, you, you know how important he is to the league because how, how good he is, but it sets in that he literally is that franchise and that most of the people there like live and die with that franchise. And so this one guy, <laughs> this one guy who hates his family and is, you know, a huge prick and all these different <laughs> things it is the, uh, it is literally like what these people are, are like living and dying for. And, you know, so like that is a backdrop. I mean, this was one of, this was one of the craziest games I've ever seen. And maybe one of the more enjoyable games I've ever seen, given that we picked, uh, the Bears in uh, the Super Contest, and we had them at six and a half, and they managed not to blow that. And then we also got to see Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean that you know, and living in Wisconsin for the last six years, my wife's from Wisconsin and was a Packer fan growing up by state law. And so, like the other, we were watching the game together uh, after I came back, and uh, it was literally one of those things where when Rodgers got hurt, she's like, "All right, I'm done," you know. And Packers fans always like told you like you know, how, how devoted they are and look at our city as literally nothing except for this, you know, football team. And I was like, actually, um, I kind of remember when your quarterback's name was Don Mikowski and you guys didn't care. And it's, you, you've literally had two hall of fame quarterbacks back to back. And I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be as devoted to this team. If one of the, you know, if one of them were gone and it took, I think Aaron Rodgers maybe three minutes on the, on the ground at Lambeau field before she was ready to cut bait on the season. So, uh, it, it literally, it literally lives and dies with him, and I think that that's why you know some of our numbers are not as heavy on Green Bay as others. Is that literally we saw what can happen, you know, in this set of universes where Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and is not, you know, returning for them, and it's it's bad. They're a bottom five team in the league. I feel like if you play 16 games without him, oh, it, there's no doubt about it, and this is exactly this is what I was telling people. Uh, yeah, I told them the exact same thing. It's like you just when you rely a hundred percent on one guy, you you can never be too optimistic nope. because it's gone in the blink of an eye. And when you're making a mathematical pr- prediction like that is important. So this was one of the things that I was thinking about. There were a bunch of things that were running through my my mind, and I want to hear what was going through yours. But the the first thing was okay. So he gets injured. And I'm immediately looking at, you know, where, you know, our win probability goes at that moment. 
And I'm kind of wondering, is there another player on a team, like relative to their team, who gets injured in any sport and kills that team's chances as much as Aaron Rodgers? Uh, no. I mean, it, right? I mean, Brady leaves, you know, we still have those coaching yeah, but, metrics for the... Yeah, for the, but Bra- Bra- as brilliant as Brady is, the Belichick is too good. Yeah, the, we have the coaching metrics that we you know, elevate the elevate the Pats. Um, and not, okay, well, so, the, the Pats weren't a Super Bowl team without Brady, but they were still like, you know, 10 and 6, 11 yeah. and 5. They're not. They're not a total disaster. So I think the only the only comparison that I can make, um, I only I don't even think Jordan with the Bulls qualifies because like they have that sort of same Brady thing, right? Where like Pippen, Rodman, Phil Jackson, like yeah, they'll still be I'm decent, looking, right? I'm actually looking at those stats now because the, there were the years where Pippen was the yeah, like they they were still good. So here's what I think it is. I think it's. Uh, and this may be recency bias, and someone you know may have a better example from the past. But I think it's LeBron with those Cleveland teams yeah. <laughs> that he literally put on his back, like strapped to his shoulders, and took to an NBA Finals. Like you take him out of those games, and I mean, that, team is, even, that team's not you. You're not that team is the NBA worst team. So I think that team is literally the worst team in the NBA if you just take LeBron off of it. And I think that is basically what happened to the Packers and I think that's a testament to Darren Rodgers man like what the guy does is just insane he what's crazy about Aaron Rodgers is that he is not just really dominant in the areas that most quarterbacks are like pretty good in but he's like vastly dominant in areas where almost everyone struggles yes and that's so impressive and like you saw I think I I think we saw that that can be like a blessing and a curse in this game, right? Because he wasn't exactly having success. He wasn't having any success before he got hurt. And he was, you know, doing his normal thing, running around, trying to, you know, create things. Um, and I wonder if, the, you know, this is maybe a, a good thing for him because it forced him to slow things down. And like, yeah, I don't know, maybe he'll start to, to do less of the improvisation and maybe prolong his career because of it. Yeah, I mean that there was. I think it was maybe Evan Silver. Somebody was tweeting out that like Rogers in 2016, once he got hurt with like I think a knee injury or something like that, you know, he began to be more on rhythm. And in the second half of 2016 is when he, you know, became like Packers got on a run. They went to the NFC Championship game. I do, and and you know, Chris talked about this during the game. The you know Aaron Rodgers got rid of the ball like more than a second and a quarter faster once the injury occurred and of course like as you said it, it kind of steadied him right and it kept the Packers offense a Packers offense which like Randall Cobb looked actually pretty good last he night. did and and the funniest thing is when you're watching him run with the ball you're like this guy is no faster than George Shahuri and no fast you know and this tight end guy wow jimmy graham sure looks old when this when uh, kaiser's playing quarterback and all of a sudden you know you put rogers in there you get him in some rhythm and you're like oh you know this can you know and and khalil mack is not khalil mack had a great game i had a tweet that the you know i had the afc west standings at halftime of that game and the raiders (laughs) were already 0-1 um but but the you know the he he was mitigated in the second half, more or less, right? And again, when you can't cover or, you know, you can't, you know, that kind of, it did show the limitation of a brilliant pass rush last night. But uh, to, to keep from rambling, 
it was a it was unlike anything I've seen in terms of uh, you know Rogers' brilliance, and I've seen a lot of his brilliance. What was the point where you knew the Packers were going to win? Uh, when I looked, so like we're a little bit behind on the stream at my house. When I looked at my like fantasy team, and it already said twenty one sixteen. Like when they scored the the penultimate touchdown, I was like, "Yeah, there's an, oh, and and so people talk about uh, uh, Matt Nagy being on the Andy Reid cauliflower." Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and like you're not as smart as Andy Reid, bro, because it was like you know they they got the ball back and they did the chiefsiest thing ever, which is run, 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 punt, and you know Packers were not going to mess around with that one. Yeah, I. That I knew for sure. I knew I was beyond a reasonable doubt when they scored that touchdown. Like there was no doubt in my mind that they were winning that game. But when they got to ten, I'm sitting there and so first off, I'll say this: when he got hurt, I I, I mean the <laughs> I felt like my heart had been ripped out because the 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 Patriots Packers game that's gonna be on Sunday night is is just what everyone is looking forward to. And yep. so it was like, really? Like, really? This is going to happen? Like, this is this sucks. And when he came back, and you just felt everything change. So when they scored it, like, the question was whether they could score a touchdown. And when they scored a touchdown, it was almost like, oh, are th- there's now no way to stop him because he's got, like, this extra bit of oomph based on the fact that he got injured. And um, at that point, I think they were about 40% to win. And in my mind, it felt like 80 because people were just, I mean, they were in awe. People were acting like they were seeing a miracle. And how, how funny, how funny are Packer fans in that? Like all they needed, like they're so like, so needy, right? It's like they, they were booing the Packers. That's Week right. One, Sunday night football after they the were. quarterback got hurt, ruthless, right? Just ruthless. And then the the moment, like, there's a glimmer of hope, and they just pot committed again, right? Just buying in, hundred percent. It was it was actually kind of it was actually kind of cute. And then of course he delivers, which is just something else. So the 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 biggest the most brilliant thing you could talk about in terms of Rodgers, and probably have to move on to other things in a sec, but the the best thing that you could say for Rodgers and the Packers is that they've never had to do that before. Right? Like I can think sure. of I can think of like the Bengals game last year they had to come back. I believe there was a Jets game in like twenty fourteen. But by and large, at Lambeau Field they simply don't get behind anyway. And then oh. the one time they do, you know, he, he brings them back uh, kind of Willis Reed like No, they they hadn't uh, had a 10 or more point deficit, I want to say since 94 or something crazy like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, the only other thing I'll say is that the, from the bears side of things, I think I, I, this is what I said about the bears in our meeting was, look, I think the Mac trade is defensible, but they're still third in this division unless Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy, elevate one another mm-hmm. that that's just a fact and that's probably why the raiders traded khalil mack because they were with khalil mack we're still a shitty team 
and it's it's going to come down to your quarterback, you know, ultimately, unless you've got some other worldly team. And I don't know. I, I think there were some some positive things. I think, um, you know, from a betting standpoint, I I think this is actually probably good yes. if you are hoping to bet the Bears. And uh, as someone that owns some some future investment in the Bears, I'm I'm pretty optimistic. But it, it is a warning to people who get overly excited about getting one player because Khalil Mack was absolutely brilliant and it just didn't matter. As you said, uh, all right, let's move on. Are there any other games that you want that like, I don't know that you sweated particularly profusely through that you want to talk about? I mean, let's like, can we air the grievance? That is the Pittsburgh Cleveland game. Oh my God. We had, we had Pittsburgh minus how many, Fumbles and turnovers and we had the minus four and it didn't look good, right? It was like seven nothing going into halftime and then seven seven. Then you know, Connor, who generational talent, million dollar running back, gets them up twenty one six with six minutes left and they can't hold it. I mean that's By the way, did you see James Connor's haircut? No. Oh, well, I'm gonna let you Google that while we're doing this call and you can just laugh and people will know what you're talking about. It is Amazing. Is it, is, um, it, is it hot lava? So, oh my goodness. So the funny thing about wow. the really funny thing about this game is that the Steelers, like how many turnovers they have? Five? Yeah. The Steelers have had five turnovers and should have won the game like four different times. Um, should have covered and managed to tie the game because the Browns are just the Browns. Well, that was that was what somebody was like on Twitter was like, "Oh, you think they're still gonna win with without Bell?" I'm like, "Yeah, it doesn't really matter." He's like, "I can't wait to peacock at you." I'm like, "Okay." And then he actually came back and said, "Where are you now?" I'm like, "You tied the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they wanted to give you the game so badly." Big Ben, <laughs> Big Ben was six of seventeen uh, on throws more than ten yards downfield. He was. And uh, granted, there was a lot of rain and all that kind of stuff and, and everything, but like, and Denzel Ward was terrific, like fourth overall pick, you know, we certainly made an impact already, but like Tyrod Taylor was 15 of 40 throwing the ball. Yeah, the weather was, was really bad, but yeah. I, if I am a Baker Mayfield supporter, which I am, and I, I have a little bet, uh, gentleman's bet with Neil Hornsby about when we will see Baker Mayfield. And I have the under of week six. I feel pretty good about that because, um, come on, like, let's be real here. Uh, let's, let's spin it forward now. Uh, Cause uh, I'm just going to get angry if we keep talking about these week one games, um, to Monday night real quick. So jets going to Detroit, uh, at the moment, let's see here. I'm looking at green line. Uh, at the moment, the market's got Detroit at uh, seven-point favorites. We would shade towards the Jets, but nothing official. Uh, gun to your head, who are you taking? I guess I guess if I'm going gun to my head, I would go the Lions to cover. Great. I'll take Sam Darnold. Um, the reason that I think we have the, the Lions covering right now is because we are smart and assume that a quarterback is, you know, a rookie quarterback is something that we don't know. I, however... I'm not that intelligent, and I prefer to get really excited about rookie quarterbacks from the West Coast. So uh, they're going to cover. Rams at Oakland currently 
the Rams are four and a half point favorites. We actually like the Raiders in this situation. We would have them at um, just four point underdogs. So on a uh, scale of one to Atlanta Falcons, how sweaty does this make you thinking about potentially uh, picking the Raiders? Atlanta Falcons minus Epsilon. I would not, I would not place a wager on the Raiders. Um, what I do like about this was we had the un- we talked about the under uh, a few times on this podcast, and now the total has moved down a full two points. Um, so I'm happy about that more than I and I you know holding an under ticket in that game at 49 and a half. I'm, I feel much better about that than I would about betting the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I uh, too many unknowns for me. They could certainly come out and surprise, but uh, man. I don't know. Sean McVay is not. I, I get a very Vikings feel about the Rams where I'm like, God, there are like three or four things I'm questioning, but I really have to stretch, you know? And there are tons of universes where, like with Minnesota yesterday, 90% of what you think about them in a positive light came came about, right? And so if that happens for the Rams, I feel like they beat the Raiders by 30 yeah, I think that's right. Um, okay, let's. So I think this is going to be the most valuable part of the Sunday night pods, and we'll hopefully get better at them as they go. Um, if you have suggestions, throw them out. But the real reason that I wanted to do this is there's so much value really early on in the week, and you. It's nice to be able to recap the week, but doing it in the lens of okay, well, let's look forward and. You know, now that we have Greenline as a product, you can actually go take advantage of the inefficiency early in the week. And so I think it makes sense for us um, to do that. So let's go right to a game that we're actually going to be at. Uh, I'll probably have to sleep until then because, yeah, I've had such an arduous weekend. Um, life of a, you know, podcaster is tough. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at the Cincy Bengals. Um, that, since that's the Thursday game, let's talk about it real quick. Right now on mybookie.ag, the Bengals are one and a half point favorites. So, underdogs. Thoughts. Thoughts. Yeah. So I think I believe it's one and a half point underdogs, which oh, immediately right. immediately Sorry. perks me up because I can't I can't see. I haven't slept in three days. You know. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm being sarcastic, by the way. Well, I, I'm not actually complaining about the hardship of my life. I just think it's funny when people who do things that are by and large fantastic and they're lucky, very lucky to be able to do them like I am. And then they complain about how hard it is. Anyways, carry on. Bengals, <laughs> carry one, on and a half point, one and a half point underdogs at home to the dynamo Baltimore Ravens. Where do you think our, our model will side and do you agree with it? Uh, I think that our model will very much like the Bengals here. Uh, if, if, Ugh. and, and I know you're going to, you're probably, you know, going to hold your nose to it, but you know the Bengals, I think defensively, you know, looked pretty good, especially in the second half against the Colts. Dalton to Green, uh, once they got their, you know, feet under under them, was pretty good, and Joe Mixon was a good all sort of all around back. Um, I think this number is inflated because of the utter and complete beatdown the Ravens placed on the, uh, you know. SEC champion Buffalo Bills. Yes, this I, this is interesting. The Bengals line um, in the Colts game literally just 
took a nosedive this yeah. morning. Um, and, you know, you could have had it at three. That's where it was in the super contest. And I don't know if it got to a pick, but it certainly got to one. I saw it at maybe a half point somewhere. Um, and I think the same thing is going to happen here, to be honest with you. Uh, not that I necessarily am stoked on the Bengals, but just letting you know. Um, all right, let's scroll through the slate here and uh, can kind of just say if we want to talk about the game or not. Colts, Redskins. Eh. Eh, pass. Eh. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> uh, Panthers, Falcons. The mybookie.ag line right now has the Falcons favored by four and a half, despite the fact that the Panthers just destroyed uh, well, actually, I guess that doesn't really make that much of an impressive uh, impression on me. But they did they did beat the crap out of the Cowboys. Yeah, that that's game ended. It was a weird game. I think four and a half. If you if you want to do some of the you know, last year in week two, we had the Falcons uh, lock of the week against the Packers, and we asked a very simple question: what, which was, you know, the Packers are getting or are giving away four more points than they did in the NFC Championship game. How much has changed since then? And I think you can ask a very similar question here. So I believe we had four and a half as the spread in week 17, maybe five and a half um, Panthers versus Falcons. It's now four and a half. Questions are, is what's different, right? What's different now between these two teams, week 17 of 2017 and week two of 2018? Uh, I don't know. Because I think the Panthers could be better defensively. So here's the other thing. I'm actually surprised this game is on the board because Luke Keekley uh, hurt himself, seemed like fairly badly. Um, and that's actually an injury that I think the market would be, will, like I think books would probably take the, the game off. But I do agree. So I think this, I'll say this, I think many people will be on the Panthers at this number. Yep. And... Um, and I, I think that's a bit of a sucker play because uh, the Falcons are a considerably better team than the Dallas Cowboys, considerably. And they're home, and they played like 10 days ago, and they lost. So, um, you know that old that old uh, gambler's tale about always betting good teams that lose the week before. Yeah, and you give Steve Sarkeesian 10 days to think about it, I feel like he comes back. A new man, George. Uh, Chargers Bills, a rematch. If Nathan Peterman plays in this game, th- there's no way he's playing in this game. They're going to play Josh Allen. How, I think. how short does seven and a half feel? Real short. And Juice short. towards it's Buffalo. In, it's in Buffalo. Yeah. So the, the two um, things. Let's are... let's move. We're not talking about this stupid game. Okay. Chiefs Steelers. Uh, this game we can. I will let us talk about. So. It's in Pittsburgh where they played in Kansas City last season. Um, and the Steelers are favored by five. Yep. Okay, so the, here's the thing that I think about. They, the Steelers seem to have had the Chiefs number, yep. but is that, just a, is that just because of Alex Smith? Like, I know there's more to it than that, but it sort of feels that way, and, and maybe Pat Mahomes is, is going to, like, give them a new sort of identity. Yeah, I think... You know, uh, and people in Kansas City will attribute it to Le'Veon Bell and how like much he's you know rumbled on the Chiefs in the playoffs, and and and, and it's such a silly narrative. I think that the issue has always been that the Chiefs have not been able to stop Antonio Brown with their cornerbacks. Um, they haven't been able to 
and then they haven't been able to basically score. So in the playoff game, Chiefs versus Steelers and Arrowhead, I think they were the first team in the history of the NFL playoffs to score two more touchdowns than their opponent and lose. And so uh, to me, it was just that their offense stalled out. Now you have, you know, a, a player in Pat Mahomes who played terrifically uh, on Sunday. Um, you know, not only it's weird because I, I was kind of looking at his numbers and there are a ton of things that Andy Reid's doing for Pat Mahomes. So, for example, he was 4-4 four four for 24 yards and two touchdowns on passes behind the line of scrimmage. So that's Andy Reid. But he was also 3-6 for six for 100 yards and a touchdown on deep passes. That's his arm strength. That's really what, what Alex Smith couldn't provide. So I do think that there are going to be a lot of Chiefs games where because of Mahomes' inexperience and, and interception proneness, he's, they're going to not have a chance. But there are also going to be games that they have never had a chance in previously, probably like against the Steelers, where he's going to give them an opportunity, a better than uh, you know normal opportunity to win this game. And so it'll be really interesting to see how Pittsburgh rebounds uh, from a week one tie and how Kansas City responds to, a, I think, a pretty impressive week one win. Where does this line move? Uh, I think it moves towards Pittsburgh. Hmm. I think people people are going to I think they're hanging this five out there and I think that people it's kind of a no man's land right so it can it you know it either has a choice to get down to the four and three and a half kind of range but I think that people are going to gravitate towards the history between the two um, mm. and, and so you think it's more like a seven point game by the time we get there I don't I, think that that's what's going to happen I think that's what that's what people are going to think no yeah that's, that's what I'm, I'm asking though is like where does the where does this line move? Um, so, you know, there might be some value to, if you're thinking about the Chiefs, to wait. Yes. Um, a little bit. Uh, let's see, a bunch of crappy games. Um, Detroit, San Francisco. I don't want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. So that was. So here's an interesting one. Catch the ball, man. <laughs> I know. What about Tampa Bay at home? No. Against Philly? No. You don't want to talk about it? No. Tampa Bay was a juggernaut today. Yeah, and they're probably going to lose by 40. (laughs) Well, I I don't dispute that. I'm just thinking that's hilarious. That they're they're, uh, just getting three points at home against the Eagles? Correct. With Nicky Foles. Yeah. Nicholas Foles. Jesus. Um, Okay, so let's let's close it out on this one. Um, Actually... There's two. I think these are all kind of interesting. Let's talk about the Giants and the Cowboys. Um, Our first ever lock of the week, by the way. Yeah, exactly. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Um, Second to last game we'll talk about. So Giants uh, lost to the Jaguars despite the generational run of Saquon Barkley. By the way, he he did not look good uh, running the ball aside from that run. Now, that run was great and is very valuable. But I'm just saying. Um, and the Cowboys were awful. Awful. I mean. Unwatchable, really. That, that game was brutal. Fox must have been, you know, just pulling their teeth out. Um, pulling their hair out. Um, Both, right even. Now, Both even. Both even. Yeah. You might have been in Green Bay, but they were. Okay. So the Cowboys are three and a half point favorites at home to the visiting Giants. Um I want to say that's the same line, or was it two and a half? No, we, or we it was four three and a half. It was three and a half. I think our first ever lock yeah, of the week. I think and so. so. We're right back where we started, man. 
Um, I don't, I actually kind of like the Cowboys. I, I don't know. Um, so, I, the, only, the only thing that really gives me pause is that Dak has been so bad. Yeah. So, so if you remember our first ever lock of the week, Odell Beckham Jr. did not play, right? Which made it a very, like, I think that line ended up moving out to like six by the time the game started. Yeah. Um, in watching and sweating through the Jags Giants game, um, I will say that having Odell Beckham Jr. as you know on the field for the Giants, surprise, surprise, does add an element to that offense. Like they can mm. get they can get yardage down the Manning had a completion of twenty four yards down you know over twenty yards to the left, twenty one yards down the field to the right. So they do have an aspect to their offense. They still only scored fifteen points though, right? So it's one of those things where I think that their potential is higher. But because of Eli Manning, I think that the mean is always going to be pretty limited for for the Giants. So uh, just interesting to think about. So I think that the Cowboys have a really good defense. Mm -hmm. And now the the, the issue is that, of course, their corners are a little younger and Odell's really good. But I think they have a really good defense. And the Giants couldn't block anybody Mm-mm. and demarcus lawrence is decent in rushing the passer it's in dallas i don't know man i um i feel like people again will be all about the giants as they were this past week against the jaguars and um i could see this going to three i don't know um yeah, two america's teams link up maybe the public favorite won't you know the, the cowboys won't have that sort of like extra little juice who knows yeah, and uh, to bet the Giants at plus three and a half, you do have to lay a dollar fifteen. So I think that that is already trending to the you know to the way you said. Um, and yeah, the Giants are a public team, right? So you're always going to have to pay a premium to bet them. In this particular case, Dallas coming off of a, a an unwatchable game, I think uh, you know there's probably going to be some value there. So don't bet them. Uh, bet the Cowboys. All right, we'll close it out on this one. Uh, Patriots Jags rematch in Jacksonville. The Jaguars are one uh, are getting one and a half points at the moment. I I think we both know that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would bet that we'll end up saying the Patriots are a pretty smart bet here, and uh, I do not disagree. Yeah. Your thoughts? I, I mean. So the, your thoughts and also how much will we put on the Patriots this week? <laughs> yes. Um, so the Jaguars limitations offensively were, every, we don't, every, it's every bit, four, eight, it's four eleven. We do not have that much time. Yeah. Every, it's they're every bit as, as real as we thought. And I think the Patriots, you know, slept, walk through a game against Houston and still covered. I think, this game will sort of be more, you know, be more of like what we think the league will be like. And yeah, we will probably, hopefully we'll find another team to be the lock of the week this week. So we don't pick the Patriots every week, but I like, this is a great candidate. I have no qualms about that. Um, Here's the thing. So that game, I feel like there's so many narratives as to why the Jags should have won that game. You know, they had the the fumble recovery that, that wasn't, um, all of these different things. And it, all, at the same time, Grock got injured in that game. 
uh, Brady had a like destroyed thumb, right? He almost had to have it amputated. So I don't know. It feels like just getting a, a point and a half. Also, the the Jaguars, you know, home field advantage may be a lot better than it was last season, but I also am not particularly worried about the Patriots going into Jacksonville. So um, I don't know. I I also feel like this might move. Uh, way uh, i could see this end up being patriots like minus three or something oh so so if you need if you want it grab it now is what you're saying i kind of think so although they're both 110 at the moment so maybe you're good that's my my guess um and i am also going to guess that the patriots will be our lock of the week this coming week uh all right i think that's a good place to stop uh so that we can get some sleep um Anyways, make sure that you uh, check us out at ProFallFocus.com. Get yourself PFF Elite subscriptions. You can check out PFF Greenline. Uh, subscribe. Hit us up on Twitter if you've got any questions at PFF underscore Eric. No longer your last name in there, so it's like big news. Congratulations. <laughs> Still two, and, uh, two emojis, though. And I am PFF underscore George. Uh, all right. That's uh, our first Sunday wrap-up show. Somehow, someway, we're going to do like a PFF YouTube show tomorrow as well. So that'll be fun. Um, all right. Anything else? We good? I'm good, man. Cool. So uh, also a reminder that we're going to be doing the uh, weekly normal edition of the pod on Thursday. So look for that on Thursday, not Wednesday. And uh, yeah, enjoy the Monday Night Games. Peace out.